1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It's the biggest game of the year, and we've got you covered. Before the team's kickoff tomorrow, we tee it up. This is Grey Cup Preview on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Crystal Glass and by Shipper's Supply. Here's Brian Holland on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Hello once again everybody from the lobby of the beautiful and large and very successful Sheraton Center in Toronto. It is uh, hour two of our Grey Cup preview for Shipper Supply and our friends at Crystal Glass. I can tell you this much that uh, this definitely has been the spot to be this week because uh, all of the activity is happening here. The spirit of Edmonton is beneath us in a very large ballroom and Boy, it has been a, a scene of activity. It's opened on Thursday, but by last night it was really packed. And that great breakfast that they had this morning, what a, what a great, great fun time that was. And then they'll be going big time tonight because the game, of course, tomorrow, kicking off at about 4.30 Edmonton time. It's uh, not bad here in Toronto. It's not windy, and it's about, for this time of the year, pretty good. No snow around rained a couple of days ago but uh it is around three to four degrees right now so not bad at all this uh gray cup game has so much experience the quarterbacking of uh henry burris the coaching of uh, dave dickinson and 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 his counterpart with the ottawa red blacks rick campbell and then the coaching staff of the ottawa club as an example i mean they're Their offensive line coach is a a former player in the heyday of the great Montreal Alouette teams in the Grey Cup battles. It seemed they were playing Grey Cups against one another every year. The Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes, Brian Chu, who played along their offensive line and is the offensive line coach of the Ottawa Red Blacks. And he was, of course, in it last year as a coach. He's been to a lot of Grey Cups.
2: This is my ninth Grey Cup, uh, second as a coach, though, and second with the Ottawa Red Blacks. So it's always fun to be in Grey Cup and seeing everyone's uh, friendly faces. What a great story in Ottawa. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing job by uh, Marcel Desjardins. The fans have supported us. It's been quite a uh, exciting three years we've had here, and it's only getting better.
1: It's about getting to the playoffs, never mind the season record, obviously
2: absolutely like we always say, football's just a funny game, you know it's one game like we we found a way to get here, and that was the ultimate goal, but you know we got one more game left it 's a big challenge, but we 'll be up for it. Tell us about your O-line. Uh, but it's been a big change. Last year, we didn't have to replace anyone. We played with the same five guys all year, including the Grey Cup. This year, we've been decimated with quite a bit of injuries from uh, training camp on and had a lot of mix. I mean, we had started a couple rookies this year, and uh, for whatever reason, uh, the injuries caught up to us, but we've been doing, been able to patch things up and uh, done a good job uh, protecting and, our, our know, personnel. People have done yeah. a great job. I mean, between yes. Kino France and guys like Jason Lozance again, I mean, to get those kind of guys. Um, the rookie O-line we have, he's played four positions this year and started and played very well. I mean, it's harder for a guy from the CIS to come come in and play this left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, and be able to adapt so quickly. So personnel deserves all the credit. We got a pretty young offensive line here, so Ooh. it's going to be a challenge. Uh, Again, that... Calgary D, what do you see of the front four? Um, those guys are active. They're active. Uh, they're very different than Edmonton, in that Edmonton's more physical. I think these guys are pretty savvy. They're a lot quicker, and uh, for us, we got to be able to give Henry time and open some holes. I mean, basic principles of football.
1: Well, do they give you some different looks? I mean, do they do a lot of stunting or things of that nature? You know
2: what? They run some twists and whatnot, yeah. but we always have to be conscious aware. Guys like Charleston Hughes is lined up. I mean, you know, a guy like Sing uh, single He's playing very well too. There's some guys there that can play football now, and but I mean, for me personally, like I told our guys, keep it simple, stick to our game plan, and let let the game come to us.
1: You never know what happens in a one-game shot. I mean, everybody knows Calgary's favored. for yeah, I mean, uh, hey,
2: yeah. I've I've lost uh, Grey Cups uh, to eight and ten BC team. Uh, you know, Montreal's favored by as much as 12, 13 points, and we've lost Grey Cups. I've lost seven of those suckers, you know, and I don't want to lose anymore.
1: Okay, finally, you mentioned about being with Montreal. Yeah. A quick. Note, it has to be sad for people like you with those great Montreal teams and all the Grey Cups and the history of the organization, mm-hmm. yeah. it has to be very difficult for you to see what has inspired.
2: Talk to a lot of the former teammates of mine that are coaching around the league now. I mean, as much as we're competitors, we want to see that franchise come back. I mean, it's a proud franchise with some good fans so we've had quite a run there and we need them to pick it up and bring that the glory years back. You know, it's, it's disappointing, but there's no doubt Bob Wettenhall's invested and uh, there's enough people that are there that are going to turn this thing around.
1: Thank you for doing this, and much <laughs> success Sunday. Absolutely, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, good seeing you, Brian. You too. Oh wow, okay. From Brian Chu, we go to another familiar name. Four years in Eskimo. The last couple of years, he's been with the Calgary Stampeders, uh, playing very well too. He's a good football player, special teams guy in addition. But Joe Burnett, we remember him well with the green and gold. And I said, finally, you get to one, Joe. So here's Joe Burnett after four years looking after things in the secondary for the green and gold. Winds up with those guys down in Calgary. And last year,
3: you get knocked out of it. We ain't going. But you are this year. Absolutely. It's an exciting feeling. You know, i actually been to the Western Finals four times in a row, and last week was my first time playing in the Western Finals. So I finally got with that hope. I'm at the big show and excited about it and, then, uh, you know, just, just want to complete the season with the ring. You know, that, that's the number one goal at this point now that we made it to the Great Cup Championship.
1: Oh, yeah. And, Joe, what a year it's been when you stop and think about everything, you know, with uh, Dave taking over, uh, the head coaching duties and uh, all the things that have transpired with the Stampede off to the slow start lose the opening game we're not sure getting a tie early with the Ottawa club but from that opening game to the last game and they don't play a lot of the regulars the last Mm -hmm. game you don't
3: lose in between. It's been quite a year. Right, it, 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 like you said, it was a little slow start, a little roller coaster, but uh, I think Coach Dave Dickinson and the staff, they tightened things up and we regrouped and actually locked in and got, uh, you know, did everything we needed to do to get some wins in that stretch that we have. You know, we, we, we knew we were capable, we knew what the main goal and the focus was and uh, we tightened, some, tightened some things up, made some adjustments and, you know, the season we had, it was incredible with 15 win streak, 17, 16 win streak or whatnot and, um, you know, just awesome and awesome feeling to be able to, to win and continue to go and be here today. But just quietly, the
1: Peter D is also doing quite a job.
3: The strength of it is where? Yeah, I mean, the strength of our defense, I think the coaches. You know, the coaches spend a lot of time getting us in the right position, uh, keep making sure that we're locked in and fundamentally sound. And then from there, after the coaches got us doing the right things and the tendencies and reading what we're supposed to be. You know, it, it's a, a group effort. You know, we all contribute, and, and, and I think everyone bought into the scheme and the, and the things that the coach are trying to stress early on in the season, and we all are fitting in and just and, and doing our job. You know, that's the main important thing. And, and you know, I put all the onusers the, the on the coaches. You know, they, they keep us geared in, locked in from week to week? Well, football is all about field position. Mm -hmm. And the job of the D is Get the ball in good field position for the O-lines to go to work, you know? Absolutely. That's that's our motto in the defensive room. Put the ball down. Wherever you put the ball down, that's where we're going to come in and play and try to get a stop and stop teams from putting points on the board. So our motto going in each game every week is put the ball down and let's line up and play football.
1: Yeah. So now you're lining up and playing football against Henry Burris, pretty smart cookie, smiling Hank, and three – Chris Williams would have made it four, had been able to play 1,000-yard receivers, and uh, suddenly this did this, this LaFrance kid come from? A sixth round draft pick who gets a shot in the Eastern final and uh, rolls up 157 yards so the D of the Stampeders say well you got to be prepared for everything we know what the tendencies are mm-hmm. but all of a sudden because isn't it true in football one game shots quite often somebody where did he come from? You know what I mean that kind
3: of story? Yeah absolutely That is a tendency you know you start with Henry Burris, it's not a tendency with him being that he's the older guy, vet in this lead, and like you said, smart guy. We know he can read coverages and, and and make things go one way, read one side of the field, and go back to the other side of the field, complete a pass. You know, and um, but like you said, it's in football. Where did that guy come from? And uh, that's that's been our model. You know, sometimes you get injured, new guys got to come up and step up, and uh, we've been in that situation plenty of times this year. And um, you know, far as guys coming in, stepping up, and once again, that's on us, on the coaches, getting guys ready and preparing to be able to go in and play well the
1: receivers have to get separation Mm -hmm. and if you've got three 1,000 yard receivers
3: plus right you know as a db you know that these guys know their way around the field right absolutely and that's 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 the scary part about it the receivers are doing well but you got to hear embarrassed as well who can read coverages and stuff like that you know and throw guys open so it's going to be a good game and i think it's going to be a good game where we match up evenly across the board in all three phases and um like you said early on tie with them you know so I know they got a lot on their shoulder that they felt like they could have beat us that first time we played them around we beat them the second time at our house and whatnot but um, it's going to be one of those games you got to stay locked in because they got a good receiver core you know with all of them at a thousand yards plus yeah but Joe Burnett finally
1: gets to the show so this is going to be exciting for Joe Burnett one game shot you never know but I know this much the Stampeders Oh, they'll hear from everybody. Oh, you guys are so good. You're great, man. You are great. Uh-huh. No, we aren't until it's over and we have the cup. Then you can tell
3: us how great we are, right? Absolutely. David. Coach Dave put emphasis on that. Everyone's going to tell you how great you are. We, we know that we got work to do. It's still, still work out there, and I think everyone is locked in to leave everything they have on the field this game because that's this, this is the last game. You know, this is it. So probably, it's when to, when to go winner.
1: Yeah, and probably going to be high scoring. I would think, I mean, I know they're going to get some points on your D. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to get points on theirs. Mm-hmm. It matches up to be that way. It right. doesn't mean that you're bad defenses. It means that there's two pretty good offensive teams out there, which means it's great for the fan, maybe sometimes a little tough
3: on the players. Right. But you're going to have fun. I know it. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be one that we leave everything on the field and have fun. This is, I'm excited about it right now, just talking about the game. But um, we're looking forward to it. Ottawa's a great team, and I think everyone will be locked in to play uh, their best game, Sunday. Have a blast, Joe. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> hey,
1: ex-Eskimo Joe Burnett. He's in the big one tomorrow, and we're going to take a quick break here from the from the Sheraton Center. I'm situated just inside the front door of the Sheraton Center, and I can tell you that that revolving door has not stopped. The fans are pouring in here, and they're not all going into the hotel to register to stay. They're heading to the party downstairs, and it's just after... Uh, About uh, 4.15 here in Toronto. And they're partying already, folks. And it's going to be a wing dinger again tonight. We'll be back in just a moment for Crystal Glass and Shipper Supply and Grey Cup 104, presented by Shaw. You're listening to Grey Cup Preview. Brought to you by Crystal Glass and by Shipper Supply on 630 Chen. A lot of stories kicking around here during this uh, great cup week. It's going to be a good day for football. It really is. The temperature today is around 4 degrees, and it's going to be the same thing, I believe, tomorrow. I know there's a bit of a warm front coming in here eventually. Might not arrive by tomorrow, but it's not going to be bad. But the stadium, you know, the game is going to be kicking off around 6.30 here. That's 4.30 Edmonton time. That means early evening hours, and down by the lake, it will be cool, but not bad. I mean, not bad at all. There are other stories, of course, and people who have covered a lot of gray cups, I want to talk to and did talk to during the week for shipper supply and crystal glass one of them is Darrell davis Next, with the Regina Leader Post, who covered Saskatchewan Rough Riders a great number of years. Now with the Globe and Mail, and uh, of course, he's a big hockey man as well. Good friends with people like Jordan Everly and so on. And uh, I caught up with Double D, as we call him, and said, hey, you know. But what about this past
4: year with the Riders? Well, it was different bringing in Chris Jones, Halsey, and, and his entire coaching staff. They just they tossed out everybody. When you think of John Chick, uh, Chris Getzlaff... Uh, Weston Dressler, all these guys were dis- just disappeared when Chris Jones came in and wiped the slate clean and we thought uh, Darian Durant might be going along with that group and it looks like he might go next year too so Chris Jones came in with a whole new policy uh, they threw 242 players through there and that was his philosophy, throw as many guys against the wall and see who sticks How many players? 242 they had they dressed 100 different players it's a CFL record for how many players they dress, so it was a time of transition for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and that's why you can understand why they had such a bad record. What about 2017? Well, it depends on Darian Durant. He's a free agent. The quarterback is a veteran and very popular among the crowd, but is he popular with the coaching staff? We've never thought that he's been a big uh, Chris Jones guy. So uh, Chris Jones, we all know, wants James Franklin away from the Edmonton Eskimos. Will they get him? Ed Hervey won't trade him, but maybe they'll get him as a free agent. They would like Darian Durant to take a pay cut, last one more year with the Saskatchewan Roughriders, and see who they can go with after that.
1: But Darian Durant is at the moment saying no, right? Well, he wants more money. He's
4: taking another pay cut. He's willing to take a pay cut to stay with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And, and uh, will he stay? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, there will probably be some other teams interested. Will they pay him as much as Saskatchewan? Probably not.
1: And what's it going to be like then with the new stadium? Are fans going to be going in droves and oh, filling a, it up? And, what a place, Halsey. Um, what, great, what, what, huh? what a
4: beautiful, beautiful stadium it is. Uh, they did, You know, it, it's, it looks big on the outside, you get inside, and it's really a comfortable place to be. They let everyone in to watch a university game between Saskatchewan and Regina, and it was just a wonderful day. It's a beautiful scene. You have great sight lines. You feel right in touch with the football game. Uh, when they open it up for next year, it's on time. Everything's built and ready to go, clean. You're not going to miss that old place, Halsey. We're just so glad. the old. It's got memories galore, but okay. it's got to go. Okay, what about this game Sunday? Well, it's tough to pick anybody other than Calgary walking away with it after you watch them Last week, how strong they played. I know Ottawa was here last year, and Rick Campbell's got them ready again. But gee, what a powerhouse! They're they're as good as. Well, maybe we shouldn't say it. They're as good as that sixteen and two Edmonton Eskimos team in nineteen eighty nine, and look what happened to them. So, having a great record doesn't mean anything. But it looks like Calgary should continue right through. Yeah,
1: but a one game shot. You know, it's an interesting
4: story between these two coaches, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That they know each other. They're kind of the same era. I get a feeling that they they know each other and they respect each other. And they, they keep their distance a little bit because you don't want to really fraternize with the other guys. But they would probably be pretty good friends if they worked together on the same team for years and years other than just a year or two here. But
1: we've seen it happen many times. The underdog club comes up huge. Like, as an example, that... Keenan LaFrance came out of nowhere, and he was the story of the Eastern
4: Final. Oh, wasn't he a great player to watch in yeah. Manitoba product? And you say, this is terrific. When a hero comes out of nowhere and yeah. when a Canadian kid plays that well, and you say, this is terrific. that uh, uh, He's a new storyline when we're in the media, and you like to have a new storyline. You come to Grey Cup, and you say, here's somebody else you can talk about. What a great game he played. And you just watch him. He sparkled in the snow. So well, that's him.
1: but that's the thing about this game. It's a one-game shot, and the underdog, Ottawa Red Blacks, do have talent, and they do have Henry Burris, mm-hmm. and we do know what Henry's done, and uh, like John Huffnagel was saying to me, he said he thought the, the key part of the Eastern Final was when Edmonton had closed it to 28-23, and they had to, Ottawa, get first downs in the closing moments to keep the ball away from Edmonton, and he said Henry Burris came through brilliantly for them, and he said, that's why this game, he said, you're asking me if this is is one of the best teams ever put together in the history of the CFL because I think it is, like you do. He said, Ask me after the game Sunday. You know what, you know what he's like. He knows about one-game shots, what can happen.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, we saw you and I saw it firsthand in 1989. The best team ever, according to the records, was sixteen and two, the Edmonton Eskimos, and the Riders were nine and nine, basically, right? They came in and bam, bam, bam. They they, they knocked Tracy Ham around and uh the eighty-nine was uh, Kent Austin was the quarterback, yeah. and Tom Burgess. They had the two quarterbacks. Yeah. And they,
1: and they won and they won on a Ridgeway field goal in Toronto against Hamilton, right? I mean, all the things that have happened, these teams, they, they come out of nowhere in these one-game shots. Things can happen. That's why you play football. And
4: I would have picked Edmonton to win in Ottawa last week. But when the snow falls and things happen, LaFrance comes out as a backup running back and looks like he's the best player in the league at the moment, anything can happen. Well, see, that's why we're here. We want to see what happens in the Grey Cup on Sunday.
1: That's Double D, Daryl Davis uh, from Regina. Terrific guy and a very good writer. Now with the Globe and Mail. And he knows that Saskatchewan history really well. I mean, not just football, but Saskatchewan history. So that... It's another part of what's been going on this week and another view of this 104th break cup presented by shaw of course we're here and have been throughout the week from the uh, sheraton center oh, i love this hotel it's uh, such a happening place and it's uh, all brought to you of course by shipper supply and by crystal glass and you know about dave dickinson the coach of the Calgary Stampeders. He's been a quarterback with them. He's won great cups, MVPs. He's been an offensive coordinator with Calgary for a few years. John Huffnagel stepped aside, still runs the organization. And now Dave Dickinson in his first year as head coach. We're going to hear from him when we come back after a quick news update. You're listening to Great Cup Preview. Brought to you by Crystal Glass and by Shipper Supply on 630 Chen. And once again, from the beautiful Sheraton Center in downtown Toronto, we bring you all the action of uh, Grey Cup 104, prior to the game itself, that is, because there's been plenty of action here at the Sheraton Center. And uh, I just want you to hear a little bit more insight from the coach of the Calgary Stampedes, his first year as the head coach and I'm talking about Dave Dickinson I mean we know him so well joined the club in 96 Uh, was with them then with Wally Bono, and there were people like Doug Flutie around. He obviously was not the starting quarterback then, but you know what he developed into. And a great cup winner with uh, Calgary and with BC, and left for a while, went to San Diego, the National Football League. Back, he's been working with John Huffnagel, offensive coordinator, and now is the head coach. And I caught up with Dave, and knowing him a long time, and
5: we just kind of sat and chatted about things you know i am proud of our guys and I'm, I'm real happy that we're here and there it's been a different experience the whole year has been uh basically a little bit of a learning experience but i thought i was ready and i felt like i've uh prepared the guys and gotten great effort from our players and it comes down to getting a lot of help from our staff as well but our team is ready focused and we want to give it our best to try to win this thing
1: but well, you know the funny part about it is that You sit there and you think, yeah, I've been an offensive coordinator, coach for several years, all of these things. And then suddenly when they say, no, 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 all the final decision now, whether it's special teams, D-line, whatever it is, they'll come to you, coach, if we got to have we got to have a decision on this, no matter how prepared you seem to be when it actually happens. It's, it, it I, I can just imagine the feeling. That's all I'm saying. And it's a very important position, and it's so different because you can get yourself removed from other areas of the team if you don't do it right. Am I wrong about that? Or?
5: No, I might have to bring you in next year to help my staff, get them motivated, and get them on line point. No, I, I. listen, you're right, but... I, what, what what I do, basically, I, I trust my guys. I trust not only the guys above me, the Huffnagels of the world. I trust my staff, and we, we make group decisions. We coach as a group. We play as a group. And I'm never going to, like, force feed something down someone's throat if they don't believe in it. I learned that as a play caller for the quarterback. If you, if you think the play is good, but the quarterback can't see it or can't execute it, throw it out. Don't matter. I'm learning as a head coach, too, is that you you can definitely, I guess, maybe lean towards one direction, but you have to have the support and you have to have the faith of your guys. And I believe our staff has done that all year, and we've put a good product on the field. Well, I talk with DeVon Claybrook,
1: you know. You're the coordinator for the D side, but then I talk with Khalil Carter, who looks after the secondary. Played in this league and the rest of it. And every one of them, you get that different approach because their mindset is in that area and you can't overlook any part of this game I would think because when you go up against one another in a championship game like this both these clubs are very good both these clubs are very well coached and quite often how many times when you were quarterbacking did it come down to A little thing here or there that, uh, or that one play you were saving for that moment when you needed it.
5: Uh, You know, it's yeah. I, I, uh, you know what I like. You said though. I think what we've done is we we have split up kind of who we are and what we're about and defensively um, you know brent monson's actually more of our take care of the technical details khalil and, and clay are, are very uh, creative and then we have kind of a we found a, a gem with Corey mace and uh, all those guys mix and match and do their thing clay's been doing a great job and uh, managing everything Offensively, to me it's kind of status quo we've been doing it for a while we feel confident in our system same with mark killum so we feel like the pieces are in place and now it's up to the players basically to go out there and be themselves just do your job we can handle it uh, don't try too hard. Just do your job, be who you are, and if you do that, uh, more likely than not, you'll have a better chance of success. Has there ever been a year that Dave Dickinson hasn't learned something about the game. No, never will be. In fact it's, uh, i tell say that about Bo too as soon as you think you're good enough and that you can got everything handled somebody will catch you. But if you keep improving you can either uh, increase the, the length of that gap from the guy behind you and keep him off your tail. So I, I believe Bo has done that and I believe I try to do that as well and it's uh, the way to stay ahead. Well,
1: it's like you said at the coach's press conference uh, when he was working with you as an assistant coach working the the d side you know rick campbell and you would say hey rick if i'm to do this or whatever what would you do and you you said y- that's how you learn about the game because you know you're you're getting the perspective of another person and suddenly you say i never thought about that you know it's
5: not <laughs> only that too it's uh I think as coaches, we got to understand we don't always have the right answer. Um, and a lot of times it's not about necessarily, um, I guess, having this special player, this special formation. It's if you're going to do something, can you communicate that with your players? Because if they're doing it or potentially uh, some of the problems it may cause, usually that's the way that they can uh, see it and, and execute it better. So uh, I give Rick a lot of credit. I think he's a good man and done a nice job. Uh, he's consistent with his message. I really respect him, and that's certainly something that I'm trying to be as well, a guy that the players respect and, and do things the right way.
1: Did you learn something from losing the Western Final to the Eskimos last year?
5: Do you think the team learned something? or <laughs> We learned we played a real good football team. I mean, that, I have to admit, I think... Um, Last year, the better team won Edmonton. I think they had uh, the horses at that time. We were beat up. Um, We gave it everything we got, and you move on. Uh, We were disappointed, but uh, this year, obviously, when we played them, it was a different coaching staff, some different guys, but I felt like I still... uh, um, had some things they took from that game that more about their tendencies as far as uh, personal tendencies and who we need to attack and we had a pretty good plan and ultimately uh, every time you play battle of alberta it's a battle
1: yeah well the the final thought for me about all of this is you lose the western final to the eskimos last year you don't get to the gray cup the ottawa red blacks get to the gray cup but they wind up after leading 14 nothing, leading most of the way, losing it in the end. And both these teams, which is what I love about the story of this game, is that they are both highly motivated. Not the teams that get into a championship game aren't motivated, but you've got a little, a little added impetus because of how you lost the Western Final, how they
5: lost the Grey Cup, you know? <laughs> well i mean i know you work for edmonton so you got to tie in a little edmonton angle on that but i think it's two different teams i think they have um i've lost the great cup and if you get back the next year i think you do have a little bit more fire i think uh, they know what it's all about i think our guys certainly have played well but we're still a, a team that is trying to figure out exactly what this week is about i'm uh, i'm definitely wary of that i think they will uh, bring their best game uh The other side of that is, is if you lost one and then you are losing again, you start pressing. So if we can uh, make it tough on them and get the lead, uh, hopefully they'll press a little bit and we can keep that lead.
1: Well, who can forget 2012 for the Calgary Stampeders and a guy who was third-string quarterback, Bo Levi Mitchell? uh, You know, and here we are four years later, and you know a lot of things have changed, but really not all that much i don't think but that's the wonderful part about sport i mean really it is you hate to lose it's fantastic to win but it's always great to be in the big one i mean at least you can say we got here you know
5: uh... yeah i mean it's i'm with you i mean when you get here and if it doesn't go your way you're, you're pretty disappointed but i think uh... i would consider both teams have had successful seasons now who can take that ultimate success we'll see but uh... uh that was a game honestly uh... Um, I probably should have had him in a little earlier. And uh, he showed, though, that the moment isn't too big. And he basically, uh, from that point on, I knew I had great faith that this kid was going to be special. And he has proven that.
1: He's got a cockiness about him, though, I I think. He's, he's not boastful or anything like that and the cockiness you can say Brian that's confidence but you got got to have a you got to have a little bit of a swagger you know down inside that oh i can take these guys right you know
5: you know what i mean yeah i i just think you got to be who you are um I do think you have to have an inner belief. There ain't no doubt about that. But uh, if he, if you gets cockiness, sometimes I think sometimes Bo likes to stimulate conversation and see what people are going to say. I know he believes in himself and our team. Uh, I don't think he's overbearing or, or basically too cocky. But uh, I know that's people uh, believe that, and that's kind of what keeps the interest and in, uh, people talking. And I, I want people talking about the CFL. And so I think Bo is a quality, quality man. So it's good for him.
1: Well, congratulations again. Good luck on Sunday. Thank you, Brian. All right. right. Dave Dickinson, who wound up being named Coach of the Year at the Shaw Awards here last Thursday. They took four awards, the Calgary organization. Funny thing, last year, and it was identical, four awards for the Ottawa Red Blacks at the Shaw Awards night at the Great Cup last year. So, it's just a sort of a reversal, isn't it? And yet, these are the two teams that are going to meet here Sunday in this 104th Grey Cup presented by Shaw. And this is, of course, coverage here on 630 Ched throughout the week from Toronto. And this Grey Cup 104 brought to you by Shipper Supply. And by the good people at Crystal Glass, it's coming up to 2.44 right now, and we're going to take a quick timeout, and we have a few more minutes left yet before we say goodbye for this year from uh, Toronto and the Grey Cup. But uh, we'll be right back after, th- oh, a brief timeout. You're listening to Grey Cup Preview, brought to you by Crystal Glass and by Shipper Supply on 630 Chen. You know, they are two really strong, really good corporate citizens, Crystal Glass and Shipper Supply. I know both owners very, very well. And, you know, it was Ed Bean who started, It was then mainland Crystal Glass and now is Edmonton Crystal Glass. But now locations throughout not only Alberta, but other provinces as well. And... Uh, he started the year that the Eskimos began, 1949. And uh, what what a run it's been for our good friend there. I tell you, Ed Bean is, uh, like I said, he's, he's a terrific corporate citizen, just like Ron Brown, who started Shipper's Supply back in the 70s. And uh, they do love our city of Edmonton and have been hugely successful. Anyway... I was talking with uh, Bob Irving from our sister station, CJOB, another chorus station in Winnipeg, voice of the Blue Bombers. He's been voice of the Bombers for a great number of years. And uh, last year, the Grey Cup was in Winnipeg, and it was highly successful. It was quite a Grey Cup. And, of course, as you know, the Eskimos won it. Wanted to see what he thought about this year. And, of course, it's been a turnaround now for Winnipeg. Winnipeg was, you know, in a kind of a tough spot recent years. Now they have come back. They've got themselves a a hockey club. Winnipeg Jets are back. They've now got the rising star in Patrick Laine. They have a a beautiful new stadium. Uh, They've got a football team that started slow and suddenly caught fire. And uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are for real. Wanted to talk to Knuckles about that and everything. And
6: we did. And um, they have the World Junior Hockey Championship coming up over Christmas between here and Montreal Halls. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. I think this summer the events in the summer really hurt the Argos and the fact that the Argos were so bad on the field, I mean really bad they've just disappeared from the landscape here but you know it's always tough in Toronto to to get a footprint going for the Canadian Football League because there are so many other things going on. The Blue Jays had that great run which just stole the headlines from everybody for and, weeks at a time.
1: They had the World Cup of Hockey here yeah, in addition right. to that yeah. I mean it,
6: it just kept happening, right? Yeah, that's right and so the the Grey Cup has been lost a little bit in, in the whole thing, uh, unlike four years ago when they had Rogers center full and the festival events were all successful. It's, it's been a tougher, tougher sell this time around.
1: Yeah, it sure has. And then the league itself has a new commissioner and they're yeah. trying to present a new footprint again for the league and involving a lot of now social media and other yeah. such happenings. Uh, it's, uh, it's always been
6: tough here in Toronto, so who knows? Well, that's right, and, and we, when we're here in Toronto, we sort of are swallowed up by the, the negativity surrounding the Argos, and certainly that's at an all-time high right now, but it's been a good year for the league, I think, Halsey. The product's been great again. Uh, they've had great crowds in Ottawa and Hamilton and those new stadiums, the Bombers' resurgence, the Eskimos had another good year, Calgary had another great year, uh, the BC Lions turned it around under Wally Buono, so I think there's there's far more positive. Than there are negatives about this year in the CFL.
1: Yeah, but what a story the Winnipeg Blue Bombers mm-hmm. had. Mm, what a year.
6: Yeah, well, after five and 13 last year the fourth losing year in a row uh, to say the fans were Restless would be putting it mildly and they got off to a one and four start this year you'll remember and the season turned around in Edmonton when they went there and beat the Eskimos shocking just about everybody I think uh, and that win got them going they won seven games in a row wound up 11 and seven and for sure they have they have turned the corner I think we'll find out more next year one year you you know doesn't make you sort of back on track but we'll find out more next year but it looks good to But
1: the city of Winnipeg itself, too, has come alive again, you know, with last year having the Great Grey Cup in that beautiful new stadium, and then the way the football team started slowly, then caught fire and finished the way it did, and of course, the hockey club is going very well, and you've got a new superstar
6: on the horizon. Yes, Patrick Liney has got uh, hockey fans there pretty excited, off to a fabulous start, and he's 18 years old, but... uh... Halsey, we've watched him now play just over 20 games. There's no question he's the real deal. hes I'm not sure he's a generational player like Connor McDavid, but he's awfully good. He's going to be a 40-50 goal scorer for the next 10 or 15 years for sure.
1: How do you feel about this game Sunday? Well, I think,
6: like everybody else, Calgary is an overwhelming favorite. I think, Halsey, Calgary's going to have to underperform if is going to have a chance to win the game. If the Stampeders play the way they're capable of playing, uh, with Bo Levi not throwing picks, they just don't turn it over. They force turnovers. They play so sound on defense. They're such a solid team. They're going to have to have an off day. They're going to have to turn the ball over, I think, for Ottawa to have a chance to win the game. Now, here's the thing that I think gives Ottawa a chance. Their offense is very good. It was among the top-producing offenses in the league this year. If Henry Burris as is a game he's got fantastic receivers they could put some points on the board and give calgary a run i think their offense gives them a chance to be in the game if they're clicking but again they're going against that Calgary defense, which is so good and so solid. I love their secondary. I think it's the best in the league. Uh, The way they design their coverages and and confuse quarterbacks is is really top level, as is everything they do. So I say Henry Burris. Henry Burris has to be really good. Really good. And then, who knows? But you're right. It's a one-game shot. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. The underdog rises up and smites the favorite. (laughs) Thanks for this. Okay, Halsey. Bob Irving from our sister station in Winnipeg, the voice
1: of the Blue Bombers. CJOB, well, he talks a lot about Henry Burris, and Burris is absolutely true. It is... uh A man who at 41 years of age was last year the outstanding player in the league, had some injury problems this year, but is in superb physical condition and he has come back. And he might turn out to be the story of the game tomorrow. He's capable of that. He was commenting on adjustments made in lifestyle to stay on top. At the age of
0: 41. Thankfully, I'm able to still go out there and, and mentally, the game's been able to slow down for me. I know how to prepare my body now much better than I ever did. Um, I know how to inject the right type of foods, the right type of training in the off season uh, to make sure I'm strong. You know, I want to go out there to be the best in this league, and you know, I want to compete against every quarterback in this league, and that's how I approach it each and every year. Because you know, people always harp on the, the age thing, but my thing is, uh, your body only feels how you treat it, and uh, I treat my body like I was still 25 Five years old. I still train. I actually started doing gymnastics this offseason and, you know, the, the key to having a strong core and a strong low, lower body have led to me having success this year. And it's doing little things like that, prepare my body to withstand the types of hits now, rather than going out there this, you know, wide-eyed, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid from Oklahoma. I understand what it takes to prepare myself to be able to achieve success and, and so mentally I'm approaching the game much smarter, much more intelligently and make smarter decisions.
1: As we conclude here, our Two-hour Grey Cup preview brought to you by Shipper Supply and Crystal Glass. It is true that the Calgary Stampeders are favored by 10 points. If you talk to football fans anywhere except the most rabid Ottawa fan, they'll say, yeah, Calgary will probably win it. They will win it. But it's a one-game shot, and you just don't know. The Ottawa organization is wonderful, says Henry Burris. And remember... That football is the ultimate team game,
0: and that's what will win for us. Is team. Well, uh, I always say that you know uh, football is not a fast food industry, and and the thing is, uh, football is the ultimate team game. Uh, that one person can't do it all on his own. I mean, you need help. All I can do is make good decisions and throw the football. Uh, but on the other end, you need guys to to make plays for you. For you, you need the offensive line to block. Um, you need your coaches to have to put you know the players in position to be successful and also you need a great back back there to change up the you know, change up the you know momentum of the game as far as how things are flowing so it all goes hand in hand but you know throughout it all I never lost confidence um, but you know sometimes winning uh, you know overshadows all the you know the negative plays that occurred during the course of the season and the fact that we brought in so many guys that came from winning organizations guys that were playmakers I knew the last thing I wanted to do is make sure, make sure I didn't let this team down and I wanted to make sure I came in, being a typical guy that I am, uh, being confident in the things and my abilities that I'm able to bring to the table, and then using my experience to help us become a much better offense. And, and hopefully I've been able to succeed at this point, but you know, the job's not done yet.
1: The job is not done yet. And the Calgary Stampeders feel pretty much the same. But remember, Ottawa was in it last year. And as Dave Dickinson, coach of the Stampeders, said, I'm very aware of that and it is something special and our players will be reminded of that it is going to be I think folks a high scoring game because both these clubs are power laden offensively both are very good defensively but you know it's only a matter of time till somebody breaks loose till that big play happens I think it's going to be a very exciting game Calgary favored if I was a betting man I would bet the Stampeders but I don't think it's going to be a blowout, a runaway, or anything like that. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if the Ottawa Red Blacks win the game. Both teams, outstanding quarterbacking, coaching staffs, players in every aspect of the game. I think we're in for a treat. And thank you all for tuning in here for our Great Cup preview brought to you by Shipper Supply and crystal glass and thanks to two fine corporate sponsors for letting us be able to bring you all the information from great cup 104 presented by shaw here on 630 ched this past week enjoy your day enjoy the football game good luck to the oilers tomorrow night and we bid you good afternoon from the sheraton center in toronto where the strong 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 outstanding place to be is the spirit of Edmonton Boy I'll tell you what it's a great city we live in good afternoon everybody 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.